How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from The Athletic here with Pedro Mora. Also from The Athletic, you are listening to The Scribes of Summer, a show about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Pedro, how are you? Hey, Andy. I'm doing well, man. Enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed Wednesday night's baseball game. It was fun. Wow. Yeah. What a good baseball game, huh? Had me on the edge of my seat. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was riveting theater. That was riveting theater. Uh, probably excruciating for Dodgers fans. Uh, which we will get into momentarily, but that was the best game I've seen this year. Uh, that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, the Padres and Dodgers played some good baseball games this season. This topped that, though. Absolutely. It was a good time. You did not know what was going to happen. I think I texted you at one point predicting something, and you said, I have no idea what is going to happen. <laughs> which is, <laughs> and I you know, was right. Which pretty much summarizes it. I mean, I, hey, I will say I was right, too, but you were also yeah. right. I was right that I didn't know what was going to happen, and you were right that Joe Kelly had this, as you said. The Dodgers are up 2-0. They're in a very good position. The Padres have really no pitching. You know, the Dodgers are, are very well set up. They have, you know, Tony Gonsolin. Dustin May is going to start Game 3? Dustin May is going to start Game 3, yeah. Okay. So, and then the, I assume they will have one of the bulk gentlemen behind him in some in some form or fashion? You would think they're going to have one of them and then another one saved for, for Friday. Right, yeah. So that'll be interesting. I guess, theoretically, it would make sense to have Julio Urias behind May to get a platoon advantage, but I guess we'll see. I think that is the play, and they. I think they want Gonsolin as a starter more than they do uh, Urias. It, make, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense that way. That makes sense. So the question, though, is what are the Dodgers going to do about the late inning situation? Because if it wasn't already apparent, Kenley Jansen can't be trusted as the closer. I think that's pretty apparent right now. The velocity is just not there. The cutter is just not effective enough. And nearly blowing a three-run lead last night, which would have been catastrophic, I think, that has to pretty much spell the end of his time as the closer in 2020. So where do the Dodgers go from here? That's the problem, Andy. That's the problem. When there's a one-run lead, who is going to close the ball game? Are you going to have it be Bruce Dark Ratterall, who never strikes anyone out and gave up that massive smash to, to Fernando <laughs> Tatis? Are you going to have it be Jake McGee, who throws one pitch exclusively? Are you going to have it be Blake Trinan? Probably, uh, because he's a sinker baller who looks pretty good this month. Everyone else that fans are clamoring for, I think there's, you know, I, I don't know that fans are clamoring for Joe Kelly, but he got the save. I would actually suggest it's significantly in the, in the other direction. Fans love Joe Kelly in 2020, man. Wait, what, Andy? Did you forget what he did? Yes. All of those people last night remembered what it's like watching Joe Kelly pitch. People love Joe Kelly, I think. <laughs> Okay. In Los I mean, Angeles, yeah. I'll do an off-season poll on... Um, on He's in the top five m- m- most liked players on the team at this point. Why don't you do... Instead of an off-season poll, why don't you do a poll in the middle of a high-leverage Joe Kelly appearance? Yeah, I don't know. That, I, think I mean, good. I think I had the same reaction as a lot of people, at least the people I follow on Twitter, seeing him come into that game last night of, you have to be kidding me. So here's the thing about Joe, is that it's not a justifiable thing for him to be throwing high leverage. I'm not defending that. But what I am arguing is that it doesn't make a difference to him whether it's low leverage or high leverage. <laughs> he does not pitch worse in high leverage. I will, I, I I will say that. that. And the Dodgers have other relievers, you know, notably Dylan Flora, who in the past has not pitched nearly as well yeah, in, in high that's leverage. That's reasonable. And so when you say, when you're advocating like, oh, bring in Floro, not Kelly. Come on, Floro had a better season this year. I think you're missing the point. I think, not you, but people are missing the point that there is, you know, the Dodgers believe that leverage matters. And Kelly has not demonstrated that it it bothers him. You know, his issues are not about leverage. His issues are the fact that he can't really control the baseball, right? And that's been the case for his entire life. And it still will be the case. (laughs) 
But he has good stuff, and he doesn't get bothered yes. by the leverage. So it's not a, it's yeah. not ideal. But they don't have an ideal reliever. They a closer. They simply don't. I think you know. I suggested in a story today. I think like the Dodgers might be looking forward to the World Series, where you can use you know Gonsolin or May as your closer. Maybe that's the solution. So I was having this I was having this discussion with with an executive today, and kind of, and they were asking you know how is it possible the Dodgers didn't solve this closer situation. And I think that they have been really, really, uh, for lack of a better word, punished by the the lack of off days in the middle two rounds because I would bet that they were going to use some sort of form of, as you said, you know, Gonsolin, May, Urias to pitch the ninth inning of games or the later innings of games with using off days so they didn't have to use a five-man rotation. So here's the point that I w- I'd like to make um... – Okay, so yeah, it's, it feels like a lot of stuff has gone wrong for the Dodgers. I mean, they haven't lost a game. This is going well. <laughs> right, this is right, going right, really well right, for them. Right, they haven't right. lost a playoff game. They've lost twice in the last like 25 days. Everything is going fine. I mean, at this point, it's highly likely that they make it to the World Series. I mean, it's they're going to play an inferior team in the next round. But the pitching can, does not compare to them, right? And so all of this, I think... It just obscures the fact that they're still in great position. I mean, they haven't lost. Yeah, they, are. they have not they lost are. You're a right. playoff no, game. You're right. So, yes, they don't have a closer. But, like, I almost feel like we're going to spend this entire month trying to play, like, playing spot the flaw in the Dodgers. And then, like, on October 27th, they're going to win, win the World Series in five or six games. And we're going to say, oh, it didn't really matter that they didn't have a closer. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. And we won't know until we find out if it matters or not, I guess. I would say that based on, based on Cody Bellinger's catch last night and Joe Kelly getting out of it in the ninth inning. Dave Roberts has been awarded the ceremonial Ned Yost horseshoe from 2015 <laughs> as like, hey, when you press a button, the outcome happens where you don't lose the game. Like you won the game. And so like he's pressing the right buttons. To be fair though, I I mean clearly luck plays a role in, in the Dodgers you know, winning out in that ninth. But I mean, who else would you rather have if not Gratterall against Tatis there? That was the play. Yeah, I I, I, I don't hate that. Uh, I think the more the more troubling thing for me, it's not, I mean, look, like for racing Fernando Tatis, there's really no one I like against him, I guess. Uh, in that sort of spot, especially, you know, if Trinan is coming off back to back. So like, it's a tough spot. I'm sympathetic. And an up and down on Tuesday, on Tuesday for Trinan. He wasn't going to go long. Right. And then it's like, okay, is it going to be Dylan Flora? Well, no. I mean, as you mentioned, the the leverage issues, is it going to be Pedro Baez? Like, no. The one thing that I was a little confused about is not having Jake McGee ready for Trent Grisham in the ninth. But, uh, you know... like, I don't know, that feels nitpicky because Kenley Jansen should just be able to get out of it. But I think they really need to start treating Kenley just different than the name on his, the back of his jersey would suggest and just kind of use their eyes to make these decisions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, I do wonder, you know, I spent all, all season saying that the three batter rule didn't make much of a difference, and it, it, it kind of affected it yesterday's did. game. <laughs> it did last night, yeah. So I wonder if, like, they didn't want to go to McGee against Grisham because then you have to face, you have to have a lefty facing Tatis up next if he doesn't get the out. Okay, so, like, look, Jake McGee is a reliever, as we talked about in previous episodes. Uh, being a reliever, that means he's a flawed pitcher. He's never really been uh, a closer for a significant amount of time. But it seems like just based on, like, his uh, results and his stuff, he would make sense in that role. Can you explain just the counter-argument? The counter-argument is that he relies more than any pitcher in baseball, I believe. This season he relied on one pitch, a fastball. A very good fastball that he threw 97% of the time. And the idea is that it's sort of an imperfect science because if it was good enough to work in you know, twenty something innings this season, twenty innings, then shouldn't it be good enough to work in in a in a you know in a big inning in the postseason? Maybe, but maybe not. And maybe you don't trust, you know, when when teams are prepared specifically for one pitch, when they know that he's gonna throw it, then maybe the move the late movement and the ride isn't enough to win it over. And it, I think also he's pitched twenty innings in a Dodgers uniform and there's maybe not the the trust built up in in uh, compared to um, some other guys. I saw a bunch of criticisms of, of the manager and, and the way that the Dodgers arranged that ninth inning. Like, I think the issue is just with the roster, not with the um, not with the play, not with the decisions. I don't know that there's anything there that stands out as. I mean, it's not great optics to bring in a guy who lost you in the game five of the NLDS. I'll give you that for sure. And then to do the and then to keep throwing all done. the breaking balls in the <laughs> world. I mean, you literally, you, you, t- I was, I texted you some, some version of like, what, is, why is this happening? And you said something to the effect of, like, they like his, the matchup of his fastball against uh, Machado and Tatis. Like, they think that th- those guys might get overwhelmed by fastballs. And I said, why is he throwing breaking balls? Yeah, yeah. Well, well I didn't, I didn't. Say, I don't think they're going to be overwhelmed. But, 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 uh, you I think, understand what I'm yes, saying? Yes, yes, yes. But I'm not trying to say that Fernando Tatis is overwhelmed by anything. But right, he, that's fair. I think that uh, I think they do not want like a ninety a ninety mile an hour thrower facing Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado. That's the that's a big uh, part of their strategy here. It it worked fairly. Also, this might be the second best team they face all season. So and the, and they're and they're two and zero. Yes, they're facing a weakened pitching you know plan from the Padres. You know the other teams are going to be have issues with their pitching too. I mean, if not for the, other than the Rays, who whose pitching looks great right now? Yeah, I mean it's it's the you, Yankees you did, like like come no, on. No, no, th- no. People, no. I, I, wait, can we talk about the Yankees for a second? Everyone's <laughs> everyone's complaining about like their their decision to to go with to to do the bullpen game with Hap instead of Davey Garcia. But why are well, they were going to start a man named Davey Garcia who has had like six major league starts? It, that's what people wanted. There's flaws there. I mean, this isn't a Yankees podcast, but uh, but we can do this because actually I talked to Carrig enough that you know I've I've uh, downloaded his insanity. I think the complaint with the Yankees is more of an anti-intellectualism bent 
of like, you're the Yankees, stop being cute. Uh, I don't actually, you won't believe this, I don't actually hate that standpoint. Like, you know, just start Masahiro Tanaka in game two. Just start Jay Happ in game two. I mean, Jay Happ is like 38 years old and not that good. Uh, it's just he, he, Jay Happ's actually just fine. Jay he's Happ's fine. fine. He's go, fine. He's not. Look at his numbers. If he's he was starting, he, he's not a he's not a dominant playoff starter. I think the only legitimate complaint of the Yankees is that they had a situation where they were basically asking a pitcher to do something he did not want to do, and it affected the pitcher enough that the results were uh, like far worse than expected. So it's more of a, a failure of buy-in and communication than it is of strategy. I don't like the strategy. Like I'm not crazy about the strategy, but I think it's fine. It's more like, okay, if you're going to do this, then J-Hap can't be pouting post-game about how like he didn't like the usage. Sure, sure, sure. But I, I would argue that a reason that they did it is because they don't think J-Hap is that good of a pitcher. Like I brought that up because I think people lose, they, they get mad at all these moves and decisions and question everything. And teams do this because they don't have the guys, they think. And that's the case, you know, with the Braves, with the Yankees, with basically everyone but the Rays. And so, yes, the Dodgers don't have a closer, but they do have five good starting pitchers and nobody else in the sport has that, I don't think. Even the Rays. And when you get to the World Series, you can actually do some things. If Dustin May's throwing, you know, is closing out two innings of of games one, three, five, and seven, you know, that's, the Dodgers are going to win that series, I think. And I think if you had, if you had, you know, hooked up, uh, you know, Andrew C- Andrew Friedman to like some, you know, a, a truth serum in August or something before the schedule had been announced, that's probably what they would have done. But given the fact that there's no off days, it, it's really difficult. You know, you can't you can't use Julio Urias last night because you need him. You need him in games three or four. You know, so it's tough. It's tough. But you did make the correct point, which is that look. The Dodgers haven't lost a game yet this October. They're in a really good position. And at some point, if they just keep winning, who cares if they're unsure about the ninth inning? Like, are we just gonna are fans just gonna complain about every every win this postseason? That's how that's how spoiled the Dodgers like fan base has become. That like Well, okay. That's not spoiled. That's a sign of that's they're they're beaten down. They're scared. Sure. Because this yeah, team has failed them it's a seven years in a row. The past failures have, have a limited impact on these on this current year. Pedro, if you think Dodgers fans are upset about Joe Kelly's appearance last night because of like arrogance, or like no, that is that is like psychic pain channeling back through of watching this man spike breaking balls. Psychic pain. Uh, I, I mean, don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just you've seen this before. It's scary. But what I'm saying is. This month, the point is to win, right? The point is to win. When you win, nothing else that happened matters but to win. I think there's a gap between tweeting at, you know, Bill Plunkett and saying like, oh, why is Jock in the DH? Like, that's ridiculous. Versus being like, I don't feel great with this man on the mound. Of course. It's not, it's, but (laughs) that's part of being a sports fan. I mean, if you're, if you've committed yourself to this, like, what did you expect was going to happen? This is still the best you could have it in the entire industry. In the entire sport, you're not going to have it any better than being a Dodgers fan. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Quick episode because we want you to get this out so you can give it a listen before game three. Dustin May is starting for the Dodgers and what's going to be some sort of a bullpen round robin. Who's going for San Diego? Do we know yet? Yeah, Adrian Morahone. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're not starting Chris Paddock for reasons that wow. remain unknown. And they're not starting my guy Garrett Richards for also reasons that remain unknown. Well, the good news is for all you Mark Reynolds heads out there, Mark Reynolds is officially still the sheriff. Okay, Andy. All right. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.